Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. Hello there, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Not bad, we're trying something new this evening. Well, we're trying a different room. We're trying a different room in the house. Only because I'm currently on dad duty. There's um, a sleeping child right beside us. Yep. For that reason, you might find that the Mitch's Pitches scream is a little bit less I think, yeah, you're just gonna have to, than normal. You're going to have to modulate these things down a little bit. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Um, how are you though? I'm pretty well. I've got a I've got a full stomach, thanks to you, sir. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Made me some delicious chicken morsels. Yeah, I wanted to get you something for your birthday, which is last week. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a very difficult man to buy for because we have something in common, obviously, as people who have been listening to the show for a while may have noticed. But um, it's not horror. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you own a lot of stuff, so um, I figured that what would be better would be if I came over and cooked. The only meal I can capably make. And a fine job you did as well. Like I say, it was some uh, lovely breadcrumb chicken morsels and uh, some fine, fine mash. Ah, yeah, yeah, very nice. Very, very tasty. tasty. Very rich. Yeah, good. And for date stamp purposes, we are going a little different. We're doing this circa 10pm on a Thursday night. Yeah, a little earlier this week because you're off gallivanting again. I am off gallivanting tomorrow. this weekend. I say gallivanting, it's going to be a very quiet weekend, but it won't be in Glasgow. And I yes. thought that um, spare us both the scutter to do a Skype episode. Just have it here. Do it now. Do yeah. it yeah, do it now, and you can then toddle off and enjoy your weekend without having to worry about talking to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I went on to Netflix, and I checked out Kieran Foy's Eli. See, I mentioned Eli on the streaming platforms thing last week, and I actually did not do my homework on this and didn't realise it was a Kieran Foy film. Right, yes. Okay, so I've heard a few things about this, and uh-huh. uh, they are kind of conflicting. And a couple of people, you know, you see those kind of like lad Bible in places of art uh-huh. being like, this new Netflix horror is so scary that people are seeing uh-huh. demons in their peripheral vision and all this so talk a little bit about what it's about and then a little bit about what you thought of it sure well, so also also yeah this is kieran foy the director of citadel and then laterally so the very good citadel and the equally as bad sinister 2 yeah i'll just start this by saying i enjoy citadel i do not like sinister 2 and i know that you're in a similar camp although i would say potentially even more uh, vehement in your dislike for sinister 2 than i am i am very sinister 2 averse and i think that that's probably because i'm so pro sinister 1 as am I but I don't hate it quite as much as you do I'm just utterly ambivalent towards it fair play so Eli his new film we have uh, a young boy with an autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. him and his parents go to stay at this house um, slash hospital slash weird lab run by Lily Taylor Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. From The Conjuring and things like that. Quite a good cast here. Kelly Riley's in there as well. She is, yep. Uh, she is doing fine. Uh, the little kid who plays Eli himself is doing pretty good work. The little girl, the little redhead girl that plays Max in Stranger Things is in this as well. Oh, she, she's I, good. I think she's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and Lily Taylor's doing smashing work. She's fine. The dad, I thought, was pretty bad, pretty stilted, quite wooden. Mm-hmm. Okay. But... 
So, like I say, this is, he, he, him and his family go to this place for him to get this experimental treatment so he doesn't have to live like a bubble boy, right, which sure. is essentially what he's doing. He's cutting about in a hazmat suit and all that. Okay. <laughs> so very silly. But uh, they they take it with this place and it gets increasingly weirder and weirder. He starts seeing stuff and there's um, ghostly phenomena, um, writing on mirrors, writing on glass, all that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, it kind of escalates and then takes a weird turn uh, into something I didn't see coming at all but I'm not necessarily sure that the twist I, I didn't see coming is a good one right if that makes yeah, sense unexpected twists don't always mean good twists that is certainly a thing no I'm all don't, don't get me wrong I'm all, all for an unexpected twist when an unexpected twist makes you go wow fucking hell mm-hmm. but when it's an unexpected twist and you're like what <laughs> uh, when it feels a wee bit left fieldy uh, that's kind of what you've got here in Eli okay I think now, if you're going to ask me did I like it, I'm going to tell you not especially. Right, okay. It was fine way to pass an hour and a half, but I don't think it was anything to write home about. I don't necessarily feel like there's been a lot of lessons learned from Sinister 2. And that's a worry. It was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> I feel regard. like we should just point out, by the way, that we have got a co-host in the room. Yeah. And uh, he may weigh in every now and again. Absolutely, and he's more than welcome to. Absolutely, he is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Eli, yeah, blown a little bit, uh, mostly cold on that one then. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, something I'm a little bit warmer on, but something I've seen before, and something I know you've seen before. Um, I got my hands on the second sight Blu-ray of Karen Kusama's The Invitation. Ah, uh, yes, a well-loved, a well-loved film on the show. Yeah, there's a really, really interesting uh, commentary on there. Uh, who from? From Karen Kusama. Excellent. <laughs> That's a sensible, uh, sensible person to have. <laughs> from Steve Martin. <laughs> From TV's Patrick Duffy. <laughs> from Danny Dyer. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and it's out there now from Second Sight. And they're doing some amazing stuff. They seem to be on this kind of weird Logan Marshall green kick just now. Because, oh, really? uh, upgrade, of uh, course. At the end of the month, yeah. They're putting out Upgrade on Blu-ray as well. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I would, uh, If you haven't seen The Invitation, go and get it checked out. Oh, yeah. Logan Marshall Green plays a guy who's invited to a dinner party hosted by his ex-wife. And when they get there, I think it's fair to say that in the time they've been apart, her life has moved on into a weirder place and with weirder new people in her life. Uh, sure. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's probably the simplest way for me to put that without giving away too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's cool. Again, great cast. The guy that plays Dario Harris in Game of Thrones is... In there, and uh, my, Michael Huisman. Huisman, <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, you've got John Carroll Lynch in there as well, who was Twisty the Clown. Ah, yes. And um, also, don't forget that if your budget does not stretch to a second sight Blu-ray, that film is also on Netflix. If you want to go check that out, yeah, it's been on Netflix for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. years now. Been around for quite a long time. Uh, yeah, not really good. I haven't watched much this week, but I think that um, it might be worth my while to backtrack and talk a little bit more about a couple of things that I saw at Cellular Screams. I think so. Yeah, because you saw a bunch of stuff that I haven't really talked to you about. If I'm honest, yeah. Um, there's two that I want to talk about in particular. I mean, I um, I put Little Monsters in my top three uh, last week. Sure, yes. And yes. in hindsight, I walked away and I was like, fuck, I knew I'd forgotten something. And I had. And it was uh, the Russian film, Why Don't You Just Die? Oh, yeah. This played at Fright Fest, I believe, and a lot of people were yeah, but, going off the nut about it. Yeah. It was really good, really strong. Yeah, it went down great there, and I was really looking forward to seeing it here as well. Basically, what you have here is this kind of black comedy Russian family drama that also has a bunch of violence in it, but the the sequences, the fight sequences in it, and the kind of uh, the violence, it's very stylized, and kind of reminds me of the raid a little okay. bit. So this film never, this, yeah, this film never stops for breath. I mean, like, um, it opens with this extremely long kind of fight sequence that is incredibly entertaining, um, but then just kind of like 
pivot straight into kind of black comedy and family drama and stuff, which it does equally well. Okay. Really, really interesting film. I can totally understand why. It plays really well in a midnight slot, um, but it's also a Fright Fest. It killed in the midnight slot, apparently, on the Saturday night. But um, here, it opened a day. Right. I think it was the Sunday, and it slayed in that slot as well. I just don't think there's a spot in a festival where you can program this and it won't connect with people and it's yeah it's amazing i don't know what the release chat is with that i think arrow maybe have it actually oh really for next year yeah um because i think that there was a clump of things in a row yeah i think they got their hands on um daniel isn't real and stuff like that as well yeah i just kind of feel like i should talk about daniel isn't real a little bit just briefly because um i kind of feel like i owe this film a little bit more of my time and a little bit a bit more airspace because i saw a little bit of it at fright fest but i slept during the second half of it not the film's fault at all was it the fright fest lifestyle it was the fright fest fatigue i think yeah um so yeah yeah, Daniel isn't real. Uh, it's a multiple personalities film. It's a guy kind of grappling with his imaginary friend, should I say, rather than a multiple personality thing, I guess. Adam Egypt Mortimer's second film. As you know, I'm a vocal dissenter. I think that's fair, yes. Uh, for Adam Egypt Mortimer's first film, Some Kind of Hate, which really doesn't do it for me at all. Not even a little bit. Um, so I, I kind of, I was going in a little bit kind of cold on Daniel Isn't Real, but I've got to say, I mean, like, I think that the end of it is quite silly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it undoes some goodwill, but it's like, I think that in terms of a leap of quality between first and second films, it's almost unbelievable. Like, it is a markedly, considerably better film. I do have a lot of time for it. I'd recommend that a lot, actually. Excellent. And um, one last thing that I wanted to mention just from uh, the Celluloid Screams stuff, because it's coming out over here pretty soon. In fact, really soon, I think. Uh, Jennifer Kent's The Nightingale. Oh, right. Okay. The follow-up, I suppose, uh, to The Babadook. Yeah, The Babadook. So um, following up the unfollow-upable, I guess. And uh, she hasn't made it easy for herself with this uh, Frontier Set 1800 Rape Revenge period piece. <laughs> sure. um, now, I think we mentioned on the Celluloid Preview episode that this had a content warning with it. Yes, of course. Yeah, and we kind um, of made a joke about, oh, how bad can it be when it's a horror festival kind of thing? It can be really bad. Yeah, I saw some people online talking about it and it seemed um, like it gets pretty harrowing. Yeah, there's some pretty egregious kind of sexual violence stuff in there, which is like totally narratively earned, but also is just undeniably very uncomfortable to watch. Like I think after the second time that it happened, which is about maybe 15 or 20 minutes in, a couple of people got up and left. Yeah, I saw a few people online talking about the amount of the runtime actually that's devoted to the kind of rape stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's, there's not a single instance of it that feels exploitative or anything like that i mean i think that it's all kind of intrinsic to where the story goes that doesn't make it any easier to look at but to kind of move away from the kind of sexual violence element and just talk about the film as a whole at two hours and 20 minutes it's baggy i would say for sure but performance wise i think it's really strong i think that story wise it's really good i think that there's some issues that i have with where it goes like the ultimate kind of the ending right um i don't want to talk about it too much but i kind of feel like considering it is so much a story about a woman's revenge against people who did a certain thing i think that that narrative gets hijacked in a way i'm not sure that i'm okay with but i feel like i'd need to watch it again to kind of shore up what i think about that and my question then to you would be are you in any rush to do that well, I mean, I think that I'm going to try and get to it at some point, but to answer you, to, in a rush, no. I definitely will. But in a rush, I would say, no, that would be overstating the case. <laughs> sure, I thought it might be. But yeah, I mean, like, like I say, my view in this week's been pretty limited. I'm going to try and shore that up next week. Maybe try and get Doctor Sleep in next week. That'd be nice. Oh, you've not been in the cinema in a wee while. I haven't, no. Apart from all those times that I go to festivals and watch like 20 in one go, I'm not very good at watching one at once. Well, you, you, you used to be. Like... Yeah, I used to be very proficient. <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those years where I haven't caught as much stuff as I'd like to, like miss things that would be like kind of like massive event must see things like I, have, I didn't see once upon a time in hollywood stuff like that so i'm trying to write those wrongs a little bit towards the end of the year so i'm going to try and catch dr sleep because like i say i don't like having to double back on myself because my viewing this week's kind of a cheat because i've had to go back to last week to fill in the space but yeah that's my lot yeah my viewing's just kind of caught when i've got a minute <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's try and both come back next week with a couple more things. I will certainly attempt to. I'll endeavour to. Of course, I do have one more thing. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Mitch, what's the Shockwaves 100? Well, that was a very baby-friendly one. I like that. <laughs> You're welcome, son. Um. So yeah, as part of this evening was that we resolved that we would get a Shockwaves 100 uh, film watched, and we did. We and did, We watched yeah. Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. And what did you make of that? That was okay. I think, like, yeah, it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, some sequences I really loved. The bit in the bar? Yeah, the bit in the bar is obviously what <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think, like, as a vampire love stories go, like, way more compelling than some of the things that came after it. Um, <laughs> I also think that um, uh, probably of the Catherine Bigelow films that I've seen, probably the most interesting one of those two. Um, so, what's, yeah. what's the other one you've seen? Uh, Zero Dark Thirty and Heart Locker. All oh, right. Um, okay. So, yeah, this worked better for me than both of those and also more than Twilight. <laughs> oh, wow, wonderful. <laughs> But not as much as warm bodies. Excellent. Dun, 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 dun. What have they been saying? It's feedback time, and once again, the feedback. Well, this week it's a little bit lighter, but with good reason. Obviously, we have a couple. Of, we have a couple less days to work with. Well, I would say the feedback's lighter this week, uh, primarily because we're recording on a Thursday, so exactly. we've cut a couple of days off what we would normally expect. Yeah. So there's no feedback yet on Truth or Dare, which I'm. I can't wait to oh, hear what people think I can't think wait till people watch that. Like, uh, I think once people watch it, I'll open the floodgates. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. And a big thank you. I mean, we may as well still say it. A big thank you to Laura Barkett McQuay for joining us to talk about that film. And also Empire of the Dark. Really cool story there as well. <laughs> I really want to bring a screener uh, of that to Glasgow. Very much so. Um, so, weirdly... Uh, the lion's share of the feedback this week uh, going to Tony Constantino. <laughs> Again, like, it's, it's like Ron Mintz is just fading into the mirror and then he comes out with Tucker Flaps back. Tucker Flaps back has uh, taken the Twitter feed by storm this week. Uh, Panda, prettiest dunce on Twitter. Oh my God, Tucker Flaps back nearly fucking killed me. <laughs> uh, Andrew Marshall at Semi Pro Geek saying Tucker Flaps back was another reminder that I really shouldn't listen to this podcast while driving. Less laughter result in a danger to human life <laughs> salted popcorn on twitter as well uh back to salted popcorn as after a month as uh, salted pumpkin obviously. sure of course i'm back to andy stewart from andy booart of course yeah yeah and i'm i think i'm back to mitch after a month of mitch brains as well <laughs> sure. uh getting in touch saying uh the strong violent pc mini so this week has an incredible pitch from what fairs mitch thank you and arguably <laughs> the best name yet from rhubarb and mince that's tony Damn it. And really? then just a gift of rapturous applause. Do you think Tucker Flaps back's the best name he's done yet? Hostage Negotiator Frank Discussion is the best one oh, he's had so far. Oh, that's fucking amazing. I forgot about that. Yep, that's my favourite. <laughs> so that's all my... T- so in sentences I thought I would never say in news, that's all my Tucker Flaps back chat for today. <laughs> I don't have any old Tucker Flaps back chat, but I'll tell you what I do have some of is some Wicker Man chat. Oh, excellent. Okay, cool. Uh, Stevie at Film Fan Stevie getting in touch to say, can't get this out of my head. Some bee emojis and then a gif of uh, a bear-suited Nicolas Cage running up and punching a woman in the woods. Uh, yeah, it's an enduring image. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, a few It'll outlast get... us all. Yeah. <laughs> it truly will. Um, on the subject of Stevie, actually, he got in touch saying, at the next live event, have you thought about showing a film after and maybe show the film you've been discussing? Mm, I, someone else weighed in on that, actually. Uh, yeah, it was Scare Bear, uh, Steve Kerr, who we met um, yeah. at Cellular over the weekend, saying, what a great idea. Glasgow Film Fest helped the guys out. Yeah, yes. by all means. <laughs> but uh, someone else, again, though, I've got, uh, someone else got in touch and said it might work better with a film on first. Before, which I would agree with, I think, maybe. But um, a couple of people have been in touch and talked about this, and we have considered it before. And in all seriousness, it might be something 
that we might end up doing at some point. But the logistics and the rights and all that kind of thing for screening things publicly can be kind of tricky. Um, so it would take a fair amount of planning, but it's not something that we have dismissed out of hand. It's yeah. definitely something that's been on the table for a little and while. And it's not out of the realms of possibility, really. Um, I mean, I've I've looked into this kind of stuff in the past, so I've got a rough idea mm. depending uh, on how shite the film is. But, <laughs> but what's the space? Yeah, you never know. That might yeah. be something that we're, we may look into in the future. You got anything else? I do have more. More okay. on the Wicker Man. Hanny at Hanny underscore Ray getting in touch to say that uh, Say Bees really got her uh, and that it was a great show. Ah, very nice. Very good. Very good. And uh, moving away from the live show, I have some feedback as well um, from Kim Morrison. Uh, well, Wicked well, Sister 69 well. <laughs> talking about uh, Anaconda she was listening to the Anacondas yes, sure. episode that we did with Jill a few weeks ago uh, said listening to the Anacondas episode of Strong Violent PC on the way to my boyfriend's house request we watch Pride. it when I get there but he wants to watch the first one so we end up watching them both that's a lot of snakes Sure does. Uh, side yeah. note: All the Kong reaction shots were my favorite. Oh, God bless Kong. God bless Kong. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> I'm going to lay off, Kim. I've been quite harsh on her. You know, she's very busy and she's doing the best she can. <laughs> Thanks for getting in touch, Kim. Always good to hear from you. Yeah, we love you really, Kim. That is uh, my law, apart from a very specific brand of feedback. Yeah. Oh, how am I going to do this? Whisper it. It's Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and left only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give the film a title and a synopsis. Crikey. Lozi, you got in touch to do this last week. Um, <laughs> so, last week we had the initiation. We did, yeah. Which was reappropriated by me as the moocher, the faker, the candle deck maker. <laughs> no, I'm guessing that these are going to be pretty X-rated for the most part. Uh, yes, you are correct. Trust that instinct. Um, but people did get in touch um, to a pretty high standard, i got to say. So, uh, Tony Costantini first. Ah, starting strong. I okay. think so. Uh, when pornographic screenwriters Holden McCrotch and Dustin Masseloff... <laughs> Or Maselov, if you prefer. Sure. Travel to the sexually uninhibited red light district of Amsterdam to help them penetrate the script for their upcoming cockbuster Ass Avengers Rear Endgame. <laughs> Things take a sinister turn during a special midnight sexy sex museum tour Ooh. when a power cut leaves them trapped in the dark with recently fired and mentally unhinged erotic wax sculptor Jackoff Fastenhard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now as Jackoff gets his wick hard and begins to knock off the hapless museum patrons with a veritable smorgasbord of flaming wax-based celebrity-shaped sex aids, Holden and Dustin must team up with unexpectedly prudish museum curator Penelope Skunt <laughs> in order to fondle their way through the phallic labyrinth and escape before they're snuffed out for good in the 1976 grindhouse waxploitation classic Madman Tussauds, Attack of the Candildo Killer. I love that. Pretty good. I love Madman Tussauds. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> Kevin Matthews. When graffiti artist Randall Randy Hands can no longer control his urges, revolving around a sexual kink that renders him lust-fueled and fitting in helpless paroxysms of orgasms when he is in any environment lit by naked flames, he tries to keep himself confined to safe areas, mainly his own bedroom and his own home. But trouble is looming by candlelight when Randall's mother sends him into the city centre on an errand, just as a major malfunction at the local power station results in a complete lack of power. Everyone digs out their candles, putting them in windows and on ledges. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, watch in horror is the potential scandal as Randall the Vandal flies off the handle at every candle in 1985's horribly titled sexploitation horror, Wax on, whack off. <laughs> I love it. Tagline, meet Randall. He'll really get on your wick. Brilliant. Uh, moving to Facebook. Oh, closing out on Facebook. Mitch Harrod, Yanker Candle. 
Sure. Uh, also, uh, Stace, uh, Fraser Pet Rabo uh-huh. on Facebook, getting in touch saying real men use novelty candles. <laughs> uh, heading for Twitter, we've got um, uh, Scott, Obscura Lumiere. Yes. On uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, technically a newcomer. Yes, indeed. Uh, Karen only wanted wax on, but Bob prefers to wax off. Sure. Simply always said. Um, <laughs> uh, Hanny underscore Ray, Irma Candles, false foul, the vengeful warlock, and nefarious stoker, <laughs> returns the long snuffering maiden into her namesake to torture a lesson. But Stoker has darker motives and Irma discovers she's only one in a multitude of waxy victims oh, waxy victims <laughs> she's taking a leaf out of Tony's book that's very funny that she's doing that it's 1984's Flamous Last Words <laughs> Flame Minion excellent yes <laughs> Gorehound Zombie Slew on Twitter horror fannies are dripping in delight for 1973's Phyllis the Phallus Enter the Burning Brown Eye <laughs> that's very dirty that's very, it's <laughs> fucking filth is what that is uh, Faye Ellis Tweak 81 Clearly, Candlehead Massacre 3. Yeah, it's and, and to close, uh, Chris Salt, Oblong Pictures on Twitter. Uh, sleazy Serial Lothario, one auf der Rest. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Is a player in the clubs and bars of Soho. Love him and leave him is his motto. But one day he loves and leaves the wrong woman, who oh, turns no. out to be a wizened old crone in disguise and a witch to boot. Oh, dear me. To punish him for his wavered ways, he places a curse upon his tackle. Now, whenever he coughs his yogurt, one's pride and joy turns into a sad lady and catches on fire. <laughs> A journey into the heart of London's occult underground ensues, in which one learns that the only way to lift the curse is to stop being a prick. Can he do it, or must he forever bear the terrible burden? Find out in 1979's misguided morality tale, Jezebel. <laughs> now, just before you move on, I well, believe... Well, that's your that, lot. Oh, excellent. I believe your, uh, your mother weighed in on this week's effort from yourself. So yeah, my my pitch for this, as I mentioned earlier, was the Moocher, the Faker, the Candlestick Maker. <laughs> and um, as recently as yesterday, I got a message from my mum uh, saying that was a very funny pitch this week. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks, mum. <laughs> Do you remember? When thanks, I- thanks for giving me the seal of approval on my uh, pitch that was about sex toys. <laughs> the seal of approval. Oh, shut up. Uh, Do you remember when your mom and dad used to uh, they used to contribute pitches of their own? Yeah, I think it's about time that started again. I'm gonna <laughs> I find- too, right? I'd love to hear your mum's dildo pitch. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, pick your winner and your favourite character name. Ooh, um, I'm going to give the favourite character name to. One Afterist. One Afterist, very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give the best pitch to Kevin Matthews. Kevin. So that's uh, best character name to uh, One Afterist and uh, best pitch to Wax On, Whack Off. Aye, and that's not necessarily because of the title. You know I'm a sucker for rhyming. Yes. Right. And he's uh, he's satisfied. He's, he's, uh, he's scratched that itch. It's precisely the term I was about to use. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he did. In style, I would yes, say. Yes, excellent. Now, so as, I guess, for you, as for you. Well, I guess it's my turn, isn't it? <laughs> yep, you ready? Okay, here we go. Here's a little one for you. A little one. Yep, there you go. Okay, here we go. Oh my, okay, cool. Right, just zooming out, doing a wee border check. There's none. I don't believe there is one. No, there isn't. The uh, background is pitch black. Yes. Uh, we have in the foreground of the image what appears to be a scantily clad woman. I would say it's fair to say that she is in a state of some distress and indeed undress. She is in what appears to be a bikini. She is chained up by her left wrist to the ground and uh, she's looking on in horror as she is advanced upon by a kind of... Uh, I don't think this is a real insect. I'm just going to say. 
Uh, what gives it away? Is it I think the fact that it appears to be emerging from the fire of hell, it has six <laughs> legs. Um, uh, it has got a kind of almost kind of like mustachioed kind of like fangs that look like a mustache kind of thing. This kind of a scrotal or kind of cranial like brain type, yeah. uh, outer shell on its head, um, and has fangs that has like two that have kind of two kind of almost looks like kind of hands on the end of it that kind of look like raised fists right and uh, three other legs each and a long tail so uh yeah uh winged insect hell beast emerges from the flames and advances on a scantily clad woman sure um yep that all reads about right okay uh i'll need a moment <laughs> you've got it What do you think, Sheila, would make of this image? I think that um, the only person that can truly answer that question is Sheila herself. And, I, you know, I, I miss it. I miss it dearly. I think it's about time. Yeah, I think, please, please reach out. She may not want to play anymore. She may have uh, feel that she's peaked. I can get her um, to delegate to Mick Payne. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't believe for a minute that Mick has peaked. Uh, I, I think that we could probably persuade both of them to start playing again. I'll ask the question. Yeah, 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 pose the question. Uh, but that's for another day. For now, yeah. How 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 is how is it looking? Yeah, I think I got it. Okay. Well, obviously I don't have it, but yeah. I have something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's spring break, and affable but geeky physics major Specs Insulin heads to the beach with his friends with one goal: to win the heart of head cheerleader and most popular girl in school, Amanda Spurn. Ooh. However, things take a sour turn when Amanda rebukes Speck publicly. Uh, of course. In search of retribution and drowning in his impotent rage, his long-held sexual frustration transforms him into a mutant marauding insect hellbeast. Rampaging <laughs> through the town, it's down to Amanda and her classmates to find a way to stop the chaos in 1985's Arachnerd. <laughs> very good. Thanks very much. Very fun. <laughs> no. No, Okay. <laughs> The film is Forbidden Worlds. Forbidden Worlds, oh my. Yeah, Forbidden World. Okay, singular. Oh, singular. Okay, tell me about it. So we're going to IMDb, as you know, as is traditional, as is the norm. And uh, our uh, synopsizer for today is none other than Claudio Carvalho. The man himself returning. The The prodigal son returns. Yes, of course, yeah. And he's got this to say. The Federation agent Mike Colby is sent to the remote planet Zarbia to attend the call of scientists. Mike learns that the lethal genetic experiment Subject 20 that was created by the scientists has become dangerous. Mike wants to terminate Subject 20, but the responsibility for the facility, Dr. Gordon Hauser, is reluctant to destroy the experiment. However, when Subject 20 gets loose from his cage, he begins to kill the personnel of the facility. Oh my god, that was a lot. A lot of facilities. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Uh, is it any good? Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. But cool. I was taken by the image, uh, and I believe it was written by Jim Winoski, who directed Chopping Mall. Oh, nice. Okay, so well, that's a good start. Good. Yeah. Uh, but that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is everywhere, so you know what to do. Get pitched, and we love hearing from you. Yep. Now, I'm guessing we've got another thin week ahead on the streaming platforms. Uh, yeah, you're not entirely wrong on that one, I must say. Uh, so, Netflix... So, yeah, a couple of things, though. A couple of things that I think are kind of noteworthy. Just quickly on Netflix, by the way, I think our uh, hope that Spinning Man was going to be hilarious might be misplaced, because I had a quick look, and the cast's quite strong. It's Let's- got Pierce Brosnan and Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce Brosnan. Let's just wait and see. Yeah. Let's just wait and see. Meantime, though, on Netflix this week, on the 14th of November, we have The Stranded, season one. Trapped on an island destroyed by a tsunami, the students of an elite school try to hold on to hope, but mysterious forces seem to be working against them. So cool. Lost. 
yeah that's kind of pretty much my take as well i must say i don't like doing that but like you know you can't escape it you can't unsee things Lost meets battle royale. uh fast color on november 15th okay uh pursued by forces that would exploit her a woman with profound supernatural powers must re- return to the pursued by forces that would exploit her a woman with profound supernatural powers must return to the one place she doesn't want to go home <laughs> and on uh, November 16th, we have the collapse. In the wake of the end of the world, a family of four soon discovers the danger posed by other survivors may be the least of their oh worries. My, good God. Amazon Prime, not much doing over there. Sure. Apart from, actually, in fact, I tell a lie. We got a tweet this week pointing out that a whole bunch of shameless films stuff has oh, just yeah, landed on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to say a quick thank you, actually, to Kinell on Twitter. Yes, in touch, of course. And uh, yeah, pointing out that they've dropped a whole bunch of stuff, including Cannibal Holocaust, New York Ripper, and indeed remaining Shotwaves 100 film Cemetery Man. Which is fucking excellent. A whole bunch of other stuff on there. So that's well worth checking out. Also, if you're into it, season four of The Man in the High Castle. Oh, cool. Uh, starting this week as well. Shudder got some pretty interesting stuff, old and new, on there. Ooh. On the 11th, we've got Bride of Reanimator. Oh, Yes. Uh, and also Tets with Iron Man, yes, both Excellent. landing on Shutter this week. And uh, also on the uh, 14th, we have got a bluebird in my heart. Danny, an ex-inmate in Belgium, is housebound in a small hotel with an electronic ankle bracelet as a condition for his parole. The hotel's owner is more than willing to host former prisoners until they get back on their feet. She's married to a convicted felon who's doing time, and she knows how difficult it can be to re-enter society. Ooh, yep, 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 yep. She's having a tough time raising her own daughter, Clara, a diabolically beautiful teenager who's trying to get too personal with Danny. Diabolically? Diabolically. Right. He understands that the kid is looking for a father figure, but he has to help himself before he can help others. This hope for redemption is, however, soon shattered when Clara is assaulted, forcing Danny to face his old demons again. So that's a Shutter exclusive. Sweet. That's there this week. And in Sky Cinema, not a great deal, but on November 15th, a reasonably big one, you have got the Satellite Stream's closing film, Little Monsters. <laughs> Mitch Bain's top three pick of the festival. <laughs> My top four pick of the festival. Yeah, it's yeah. top three pick for getting a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, it's there. It's really good. It's worth your time. It's very, very funny. Yeah. I uh, can't recommend it enough. That's about it for the streaming platforms this week. So having not seen most of it, I would say for a pick, I'm going to say Little Monsters. I get the impression you may disagree. I'm going to say Tetsu, the Iron Man, because it's one of my favourite films. I had a feeling you might. <laughs> So turn our attention to this week's show then, and we do have a guest. We do have a guest, yeah. And it's a good one. And that grunt wasn't for the guest, that grunt's for the film, but I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, our guest's a really good one. Somebody that we've been hoping to get for a little while, and it looks like we're going to make it work this week. (laughs) He's the director of the Shutter exclusive Found Footage 3D. Mr. Yep. Stephen DeGennaro. Yes, got to be honest with you, not not 100% looking forward to this film because as my memory has it, not the best. I'm not jazzed about rewatching it either, I must say, but we'll see if he can win us over. What's I'm, he going for? I'm open to it. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell you right away that it's directed by Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. so that might put a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. It's Sucker Punch. It's Sucker Punch. Now, Stephen has specified that we watch the Director's Cup, yep. uh, which I'll do my best to do. I think then if that's what we're doing, we should put that out to the listeners then so that people are watching the same thing whenever possible. Yeah, and uh, be prepared for discrepancies if you do not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll try and hold that down. But yeah, Stephen DeGennaro joins us this week to talk the director's cut specifically of Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. Awesome. So how do you feel about that? I have some feelings. Um, feelings. <laughs> get in touch with us. There's loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and you can email Longer Considerations, Musical Interludes, uh, 
Mitch's pitches suggestions, listeners' choice episode suggestions. Just highs, just hellos. Whatever you want. Just strong language language scenes at gmail.com. Oh, just quickly on that, we did have an email from uh, Cosmic Ray Girl, Alexis, getting in touch to suggest a Mitch's pitch image for this week. But uh, she did suggest a happy birthday to me, which you have previously done and which you hilariously called Skewered. Skewered, that's right. I remember it well. <laughs> so, it was one of the very earliest, yeah. uh, the very earliest Mitch's yeah. pitches. So thanks for that, Alexis. But uh, unfortunately, can't retread that old ground. Occupado. <laughs> that's very funny Andy where can people listen to us uh, or more uh, to the point where can people find a list of places they can listen to us on our website strongviolentpod.com oh. and that's not all you can find there Mitch if you want to know when we're next going to be live you'll find that information there if you want to get a, a little link to where you can buy t-shirts you can also find that there and we got an email earlier I don't know if you saw it but we will have another sale on from tomorrow oh thank god for that I was just <laughs> thinking they were too expensive fuck's sake wild but yeah we're pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast but whatever platform you're using if you're feeling generous do us a favor and drop us a wee like rating review subscription all that stuff whatever the kind of way to show your approval is we greatly appreciate it yeah and if you do that we'll keep putting out episodes how's that for a deal i mean we'll do it anyway but okay see you've just given it away for nothing there we are back this friday talking sucker punch with steven de join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chats goodbye bye You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.